93.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning and welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you here on a Monday as we talk the world of sports. Glad to have you aboard with us as we take you up until noon today. Trent Condon, no, not solo, Ken. Well, he talked about it last week. He's... uh Getting some work done. He'll be back with us tomorrow. But yes, had to take the bad, bad stuff and get a system cleaned out as he's got a colonoscopy today. Ah, that's what happens. And I am, well, just a few moments away from having to do the same thing here. Uh, Ken says something you got to do. Instead, we go to the bullpen and we go with our ace out of the bullpen. He is John Lamb joining us here today. Lamb, what's going on? Are you sure I'm the ace? Because I feel like uh, three or four some days. <laughs> Yeah, you, you might be more of a fifth or sixth inning guy, but hey, we love you having you on here and plenty to get into here today. Coming up today on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to kick things off at the bottom of the hour talking Hawkeyes, a huge recruiting weekend. Caden Proctor on his official visit, a couple of commitments for the Iowa football program. We'll talk about that. Of course, a big week also in Iowa basketball last week, not just on the recruiting trail. Cooper Kacha makes his commitment along with Harding, the point guard from the Quad Cities, but Of course, Keegan Murray going in the uh, lottery of the NBA draft, going number four, the highest selection ever for an Iowa Hawkeye. We'll talk plenty with Doc here at the bottom of the hour. 11.05, we talk baseball. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, our weekly conversation on a Monday, talking with Matt about everything happening inside the world of MLB. Fun weekend, watch a lot of the Twins, no surprise there. Cubs-Cardinals, not the same with the Cubs struggling but peeked in from time to time there. We'll talk about that, go around the Midwest and across baseball as a whole. Yankees and Astros, what a great series that was. We'll do that at 11.05 with Matt Snyder. Then we'll finish things up on the BMW Des Moines guest list at 11.30. We'll talk Cyclones with Nick Osin from 24-7 Sports. So that is what we have on tap today. But, John, just excited to have you in here. We're fresh off the NBA draft. Of course, your circles, you know a ton about basketball as a whole and we got a lot of storylines we're going to be getting into here uh, throughout these next couple of hours before that though I know you guys had some basketball going on this is this is a grind for you right I mean this is the busiest time for somebody in your circle with what you do with Beyond Ball your your uh, grassroots basketball organization this is a time where it is no sleep for the weary I'm gonna guess yeah well first and foremost I just want to give a, a major shout out and you know prayers up to Ken Miller and He's a real man, you know, getting it done and, mm-hmm. and doing what it takes. So the John Havlicek, the Bob Cousy of radio, we're, we're thinking about you, and you're going to pull through for this whole thing. But, yeah, this, this time's unbelievable right now. And it's really cool because this month of June is, is 100% delegated towards the high school programs. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's 30 days where they can be in the schools, they can be in the hallways, they can be with their head coach, they can be getting after in the weight room, they can start um, – you know, the assimilation towards a state championship. So we are a little bit off in terms of the high school groups, but we, uh, we're full goal with the, the youngins. And then obviously in July is five straight weeks of, of madness and credit card bills and hotels <laughs> and McDonald's drive through. Yeah. It's 
such a crazy time. So I've told the experience, obviously. I got to hang out with you last year in Vegas for a what week, about a half a week. I was there, I think, four or five days. I thought I was supposed to tell your wife you were there for two days. I was, well, what? Shh, shh, shh. Quiet over there. Oh, Quiet okay. over there. You're get me in trouble. No, so going through it and learning about just the program and what it is and jumping around different gyms and, and watching you mm-hmm. as the director, you're coaching – your group, which was what at the time, the 16 or 17 U group, 17, the 17 U uh, group. Yep. So that's guys that I, I know a lot of basketball fans around here would know Drew Kingery from mm-hmm. Indianola. He's one of your top players. He had a lot of really good dudes on that squad. So that's kind of your baby, right? You grew up with that group. Those were the guys that kind of started up your program, if you will. Yep. But it wasn't just that. You bounce over and all of a sudden you're, you're at an 11 U event. You're at a 13 U event. You're just all over the place. But it's not like they're all at the same complex. No. They're all across town. And, and that's not just for Vegas. I'm going to guess any one of those big places you go, it's not just one central place. You're going all over the place weekend after weekend after weekend. Right. And you're, you're spot on. And I'm sorry I had to drag you through the desert to all those locations. But <laughs> Well, it was Vegas. You, you know, you don't exactly have to take me kicking and screaming to get me to Vegas. Well, you were throwing up and no, oh, you were a little wobbly. Not, no, wobbly, that's, yes. that's false. <laughs> wobbly uh, me. We got Trent to smile over there. But no, it's you, you do. And the crazy thing is right now, all these people are building these monstrosities of facilities. Mm-hmm. And it's it's eight courts, it's 12 courts. And we're getting to the point where it is hopefully going to be in one spot. It's not at 13 different high schools, right. uh, a YMCA in the hood, uh, you know, a middle school that has clay courts. And, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that uh, as everything gets better and everybody adapts, I think it will be a little bit more efficient, but it, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the flip side of that is love's an action word. You know, you got to act if you actually want to show love. And, and when you go show up to those 11-year-old games that are, you know, 12 minutes away, 14 minutes away, and everybody in the program knows you were just there. And, you know, you just got to do the extra work. And, and we have a whole bunch of great coaches in our in our city and our state that, that are willing to do that. You know, and shoot, it goes all the way to the top. It, it goes is. to TJ, it goes to DeVries, it goes to Jacobson, and it goes to McCaffrey. And... I think it's just great where uh, where basketball's at in the state of Iowa for the, for young mid. We're going to uh, talk about that too. We're kind of take a a state of the program, if you will, and look around at our big four in the state of Iowa. Just because you know the game so well, you know these players that are either the newbies coming in or just you know, kind of what the roster constructions look like. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But I'll be honest, the biggest news, uh, biggest reason I wanted to bring you in, a I like doing the show with you, and you're always fun. It's a great time, fresh off the NBA draft. I know you knew a lot of these prospects at different levels, and we'll get into that. But you sent out a tweet last week and. Certainly got a rise out of uh, myself and Ken, and I know a lot of people out there talking about Omaha Blue, the five-star power forward from right here in our neck of the woods, a young man that you know incredibly well, have Mm -hmm. a very good relationship with, and you tweeted out that he's heading to Waukee. Now, I think a lot of people saw Waukee first, and they said, Northwest, going to play with Price Sanford. No, Waukee High. So take us uh, at least a little bit in what you know right now, Omaha, after playing after winning the state championship a couple of years ago when there was just one Waukee High School, going down and doing a high school outside of the state, what's going on the latest on Omaha Blue? Yeah, well, you know, first off, um, I run a scouting service, so my responsibilities within my professional capacity is to obtain information. And, you know, having relationships with not only the players, but a lot of the administration and a lot of these schools, um, it, you know, it was something that I knew was going to happen. Um, and you know, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but you know, you got to put your foot in the door. You got to make sure 
you know, you are where you are and people know where you are. I mean, it's incredibly competitive, anything you do, you know. Not everybody can have that amazing Montreal Expos hat you have on. <laughs> There's That has to be a limited edition. But, you know, at the same time, it's 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 great for, for our state to, to absorb this young man again. He's a good kid. He's back where, you know, he feels safe. There's a lot of pressure at this high-level basketball stuff for – for these these teenagers because that's what they are you know they're 16 17 years old leaving home they're very similar to the des moines buccaneers they're having to uproot their entire life and and chase their sport dream so the fact that he's here around people that uh, i know he has family here he has a nice little support system and and obviously had tremendous success here two years ago with with waukee warriors getting the state championship under justin ol so Coach Ole, he is retired from coaching currently. He is an administrator at Waukee and, and doing his thing there. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Waukee staff. Last year, there were 14-11 new faces. We saw Waukee Northwest, I guess, for all intents and purposes, at least record-wise, the better of the two a season ago yeah. with uh, with what they did with Price Sanford and company. But what can you tell us a little bit about the Waukee basketball program as it currently sits and kind of looking towards the future with Kevin Kanaski at the head? Oh, Trent, I thought you'd never ask. Thank you. Yeah. No, Kanaski is unbelievable. He, uh, I want to say he has a steals record or assist records at Middle Tennessee State. Actually, he... He played for my head coach, who I played for at Division One in, in Moorhead State, and he was an assistant at Middle, Middle Tennessee with uh, Kermit Davis, who mm-hmm. then you know now is at Old Miss. Yeah. I mean the kid can play. You know he 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 could really go. His dad coached basketball for high level basketball for many years, Air Force. You know uh, school in Carolina, uh, South Carolina. He coached at Drake. Um, you know he's just a basketball family. I think he went to Dowling his sophomore year. Is that correct? Sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then you bring in, you know, his assistant, Austin Walker, who's a rock star who, who can play. He was actually on my men's league team. Don't let that, uh, Fu Manchu mustache fool you. He can ball. He can play. Yeah. yeah. He can play. And, you know, he, he connects really well with the, the kids there. And that's, that's half the battle. And, and truthfully, it's a hundred percent the battle for the assistant because Canassi runs good action. I watched him and scouted him in winter set two weeks ago at a team camp. I mean, they are, they're big and they can move and. You know, an unsung hero that, that did transfer there. He, his family was going to move to D.C., and, and then he came back. And, you know, Skyler Yazzie, um, he, he can really play. He's transferring in there from Van Meter and Washington, D.C. And I, I just think they're going to have a really, really good year with, with the coaching staff they have and, and the phenomenal talent that they've been able to reload with. Yeah, and they last year really only played sophomores and juniors. I mean, that was yeah. basically the – they had only one senior that even played a year ago and only played, played in seven games. So this is a team that has a lot of experience coming back. Mm-hmm. You throw Omaha into it. For people that haven't seen Omaha since maybe he was at Waukee two years ago now, what has uh, what have you seen out of his game, the development for Omaha Blue? He's expanded it out a little bit. Um, I, I would say he can shoot the basketball fairly efficiently from you know 17 to you know 21 feet. I would probably guess mm-hmm. any of our old Iowa Hawkeye fans. You know he's very similar around the rim to uh, Reggie Evans. Okay. Active, long, defensively minded. He can play and guard multiple positions. Um, I think his best basketball is still ahead of him, but you know. Everybody's still a work in progress, and that's the hardest thing to understand when you have all these stars next to your name, you have all these alumni and your DMs. You know, it gets a little bit freaky, but at the end of the day, um, I know for a fact he's just a very, very grounded young man that uh, 
that is going to going to chase his dreams to the ultimate capacity so he named his top four here what about a month ago uh, uh iowa state iowa state and uh iowa state i'm gonna throw oregon in there just oh, okay just because i want a little a little something i'm into drama i can't watch <laughs> days of their lives today so i'm gonna have to throw something in the mix so it was iowa state oregon kansas and then the g league ignite uh, going off and not playing collegiately and going that route. You be- basically, you think Iowa State, though, certainly is the front runner. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and, and there's a big word right now in, in my profession called committable offers. <laughs> and that means, you know, you see these things online all the time, so-and-so offer them, and then it's almost like an avalanche of potential co- college opportunities. But this word means which could be committed right now. And that could go to the extent of, well, they have 13 returners to this next class. Where are they going to get the scholarship? And this isn't Baylor when the, you know Dave Bliss is paying for the, the Tahoe and the $40,000 Waco education. Yeah. You know, this is very, very public. And so it's the, the, is it a committable offer? And I would say, I would say Oregon and, and, um, Iowa State are the two biggest. I don't know for a fact about the, the G League. I know they just signed Matilas Bertudis, uh, this Lithuanian kid that is from Chicago that's now up in New York, who's just phenomenal, 6'10. Uh, like I said, Lithuanian shoot. He's like Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only one they've really, really chased so far. And then the OTE, and I know we'll get into this with the draft stuff, but not one overtime elite player was picked in the NBA draft. And they th- they threw millions of dollars. And you can look it up. I, I want to say it's like 80. I don't know. It's got like Kevin Durant. It's got like Drake. It's got like Trent Condon. <laughs> no, not it's me. Got, what? what? <laughs> I don't got that kind of money. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those deals where I think it's Iowa State. I think it's... Uh, natural progression as him as he's coming back and some of this nil stuff um i think it's wise mm-hmm. i know that he's talked to a, a few very highly regarded um, money managers here and i think that uh, it would be a a wise decision to go up to Ames and play for the great staff you know that tj's put together kyle green jr i just think it would be a a, a very positive thing for him and his future development do you have a timeline, at least a, an estimate of when he's going to make that decision? Is Man, it going to be at the end of the summer? What the heck do I look like? Well, I, didn't, I, I didn't even gel my hair today. What? I, I, this you, isn't you, you can't come in here and just come in slow. I'm coming in hot. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I would say... Man, this is so hard because... Because signing day is what, November? November 11th through the 18th, okay. probably. Uh, I'll have to look at it, but I want to say it's right around those dates, mm-hmm. give or take two or three days. Um I would do it sooner. You know, when I signed, I did it early just because, you know, my coaches, all the guys, they they offered the scholarship and, you know, made my mom cry. And then at the same time, they also said, if anything happens your senior year, you get hurt, we'll honor it, we'll walk through mm-hmm. it with you. And back then it was when it was a four-year. So when you signed it, it was four-year. Now they have to sign it every year. They have to choose to give it to you. And, you know, my sophomore year, 2008, or sorry, 2009 and in college is when they changed that rule and it was, you know, kind of disheartening. So if I, if I was that young man, I'd, I'd get the check and I'd, I'd go ahead and sign uh, on the dotted line. 
So Omaha has dropped a little bit in, in some of the rankings. I think he's down to, what, 16 in the composite. Uh, 13 24-7 has him. Uh, looking at rivals and uh, 19th in the rivals rankings. What, what do you see when you see something like that? A guy as talented as Omaha, not he's not dropping out of the top 50 or anything right. like that. But, I mean, is that more of a service thing? These guys got to do something, right? They can't just keep their list the same for three years. So they got to do some moving and shaking, move, maybe move some guys up that's going to get some attention and go the other way too. What do you see when you see something like that? Well, full transparency, Trent. I'm not a, a diehard school bang-out guy. I mean, what I see is what I see when I evaluate the kids. You know, rent, do, rent is due every day. Mm-hmm. I don't care what's next to your name. You know, you got to show up and you got you to get the job done. So... You know, a lot of those ranking things, there is a almost a cult like following with yeah. it. Um, and there's a lot of quality human beings in there. Very few of them have ever played the game of basketball. Doesn't mean they're disqualified from making those rankings. You know, some of the smartest guys I know never even, you know, got off the bench. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to honor the fact that some kids just get better. Some of them grow up, some of them hit puberty, and boys especially. You know, they can be six one one year and they could be six eight the next year and for the last six years they've been the point guard and now they're a six nine dude that can dribble, shoot, and move. And it's one of those things where maybe it's not so much that it's he's dropping in, in the regards of failing or anything like that, which, you know, our our culture would definitely jump on that sure. train. Um it might just be the fact that some kids just showed out at the right time at the right place and maybe were a little bit more consistent and showed a different type of skill set. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Omaha, whether he drops or rises, I think he's going to be ready to, to pay rent every day. Well, with that, let's uh, jump into what we saw last week. Want to get your perspective of the NBA draft. And, and I was listening to uh, Tom Caker. We had him on Friday. He was out there with the Murray family and, covered the the event for the first time and talking about the experience for him. It was, of course, there for Keegan. It's Hawkeye Report. That's what it was about. But he said at one point he went upstairs to get some food, and Ty Ty Washington is up there getting a basket of chicken fingers, and he's got all his people around him. You know, he's just sitting there. <laughs> Did he get some for his friends? Or no? I don't know. I, it was before he was drafted, probably so why, maybe not. It's probably why he dropped 16 picks. <laughs> right. You know, He's eating chicken fingers instead of <laughs> mixing in a salad. But, you know, that experience and seeing guys – Christian Brown, who wasn't invited to the green room, but he's just there. And so many of these guys right. that just want to go and experience it. Hey, I'm not going to be in the green room, but I'm going to be there. And I thought that was really cool to see. But it's just so interesting. You go from the NFL draft to that and just what a different kind of experience it is and how quick it is. It's one night and it's over. 58 picks this year. Two teams had picks taken away. Yep. But just a, what a wild experience it is, that NBA draft. What was your takeaway from last Thursday night? Well, you know, I went. I was, I was blessed with the opportunity to go in, I want to say, 2011. My roommate, he was picked 22nd in the NBA draft. Kenneth Fareed? Yep, and it was just unbelievable. Right. Lots of talent from the female perspective, just running around. Everything is just dispensable at an arm's reach. The chicken fingers, I'm surprised they didn't have lobster tail and steak there. That was um, that was afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure it was after they signed that <laughs> yeah. contract, right? No, but it's just it's so cool. It's 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 in a huge, huge place. I mean, basketball in New York, it's still the king of basketball, although mm-hmm. Texas is rapidly approaching. Um Everybody's there. You see everyone with the jerseys. You know, all, all the teams are represented wearing throwbacks. And I mean, basketball is such a cool deal because it, it, it's a bridge that everybody understands. And then when you're an ambassador, 
as a as a player that's going to get drafted, it's it, I couldn't even imagine what it's like. You know, I, I'm just waiting to get picked uh, when we're playing pickup. I'm okay with being the sixth, seventh, ninth guy picked. And uh, these guys are are getting picked. They're walking up there, and, and I understand the emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, dude, you know, I could I could barely play. I could barely guard my lunch money, and these guys can do it all. And and the work that they've put in, you know, I, I just think of Jaden Ivy and and his mom and him. And I can only imagine how many rebounds she tossed back out to him. I can only imagine how many. You know, times they filled up with gas as they're driving all over the continental United States to play elite basketball talent so he could just continue to grow his game and, and, and grow the love of, of the game. It's cool. It's, it's, I, I couldn't even imagine. It's probably like when you walk in the front door and you see your kids and you see your wife, maybe times 10. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. That yeah. basketball is cooler than our families? No, I, no, I don't think that. Don't say, yeah. Maybe some it's days. Good some gone, days. Right. Yeah. Good thing, oh crap! Yeah. I forgot I'm married. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it would be it, shoot, Trent. Come on, man, what are you talking about? It's it crazy. would be unbelievable. Keegan goes to Sacramento. He goes yep. four. A lot of people had him pegged five six. That was a ton of the mock draft had him there. He goes to Sacramento, and the interesting part about it is I heard so many people ripping on Sacramento, and it wasn't about Keegan taking him in that spot. It was that most people believed Jaden Ivey was going to go four. They couldn't swing a deal, and then they just took the guy that they wanted in Keegan Murray. But that organization, Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, of course, was there. Hmm. He was disappointed to leave and well, probably ended up in a better situation in Indiana, yeah. certainly a better organization as a whole with what they have with the Pacers. But when you see that, I mean, it's bad. They haven't made the playoffs in 16 years. Where over half the league makes the playoffs every single year, and even more than that yeah. now with the expansion and, and the play-in tournament that they have. You look at Sacramento, how bad is it? Let's just put it that way. I know you know every yeah. organization in the NBA. Is it's it bad. as bad? It's bad. Okay. It's bad. And it, not only is it bad from the way they play, they don't have very much support from their – it's the capital. Yeah. Of California. And they yeah. can barely get an arena done. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, L.A.'s got 16 going up, you know, and they're paying, what, f- how much was it, $4 billion for the football, $3 billion for – like. The fact they cannot, get, and you know, California is a, a beast within, within itself, but they just they just don't have it. I mean, bring Jason Williams back, bring White Chocolate, some Chris <laughs> Weber, some Doug Christie, give me some little, you know, and, and no offense to Lottie Devok, but he's 7'3". There's no way he's getting enough air to his brain all the way up there. Well, and is, is he hopping on a jet and he's heading out and is he scouting everywhere? Is he doing the scout work that's necessary for a GM and and everything? Is he doing what the Hustle movie looked like? Is right, that what you're yeah, asking? Exactly. All our viewers? And, and you hear great things about Vivek, the owner. You, you hear that he wants to win. He's trying to do all the right things that he possibly can do, but he's not bringing in the right people, apparently. He's not building it and having the... The real basketball, the daily operations, doesn't seem to be on par with the rest of the league. Right, and and through the last couple of years, they've gotten the, we'll just call it the Jade and Ivy kid, that is the best available, not necessarily the best needed for their usage and, and their scheme. I thought they hit the home run. Everybody was laughing at me in my gym. I said, I, I, I told them what the first seven picks were going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually told them what the first 14 picks were going to be. I didn't, I didn't miss one until 16. Wow. But... I said it was going to be Keegan. He's the best, dude. He is the most ready for this environment. And I know 
Pablo Bancaro is going to be a great player. Chet Holgram is going to be unbelievable. Two, three years. I think Jabari Smith is soft. I'm just going to say it. Sure. Regardless, um, we had a big conversation with some of my colleagues about him anyways the day before the draft. and I'm sure, I'm sure you saw the betting odds of him going yes. first. I mean, it dropped like crazy. It did. It dropped like crazy, and it's just Keegan can do it. He plays off two feet. He comes from a great family. We've talked about this multiple times. He can he can play with both hands. He can shoot it. He can move. Everybody wants to knock his athleticism, but it's like I've seen this dude do things that are just like, oh my gosh, this kid's a freak. But about I, the tip into force overtime, that, that's not an athletic play. That is just a Hawkeye thing you just said right there. Yeah. Your bias. No, <laughs> no, that was an unbelievable. Was it Rutgers? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I think mean, so, yeah. it's hard. He was going to cross his body at a reach. You know, that's that's oblique core. I mean, that's everything. That that is a special young man. And dude, he grinded. He did it all. He took the extra year. He shot the extra shots. You just want to root for a guy like that. I'm super happy they went number four. And fortunately, it's Sacramento. But play through it, right? At least they're purple and black, and they have a cool logo. They do have a cool logo. They got that going. That's the NBA draft. That's John Lamb joining me here today, talking a lot of basketball with Lamb. A little bit later on here in the hour, we're going to break down the big four. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth of what each of the big four college basketball teams in the state have coming back, what the roster looks like. I got some questions about Iowa State. We've had the conversation, who's going to be the leading scorer on that team? We'll get into that more here with John Lamb at the end of the hour. But coming up next, we're talking Hawkeyes. Big recruiting weekend on the football side of things. Caden Proctor in town. No commitment yet, but they did get a big commitment, a four-star offense alignment. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Scott Docterman from The Athletic joins John and I next as we come back on the other side. Before that, though, chance for you to win $1,000 right now. It's the $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com and enter this keyword. You'll see the little pop-up box. It'll... Go right when you get to the front screen of KXNO.com. It's credit. Credit at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 in this nationwide contest. Talking Hawkeyes next with Scott Docterman as we roll through Trenton John Lamb with you on a Monday. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. For details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back with you on a Monday. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. Ken out. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We got John Lamb here with us, though. He's fired up over there. A lot of basketball talk in segment number one. Football season, though, you know, Lamb, we are 68 days away from the opener of Iowa and Iowa State football. I thought it was 69. That was yesterday. Oh, that was okay. yesterday. It was just yeah. really bad with uh-huh, math uh-huh, and words and reading. I see what you're doing over there. Um, Clean have, it up, Lamb. I have... Two hotel rooms for the Hawkeye game in Iowa City. Both of them are like very expensive. Uh-huh. I can't believe how high they go up for the Cyhawk game. Yeah, do you think we should give away one of them? Because <laughs> I can't be in two places at once. Look at you. I think you need to keep that for your good buddy Trent Condon. That's what you need to be doing. Uh, what? If, 
about Ken. He needs it more than you do. Yeah, well, the, the chances of Ken actually leaving his recliner in Ankeny <laughs> to go anywhere are incredibly low. There's no chance. But have you seen that recliner? It's nice. It's nice. There's no <laughs> I, I doubt about it. I haven't seen it. I'd love to see it. Scott Dockerman joining us here from The Athletic, our Monday conversations. They'll be a whole lot different in the fall. Doc, as always, thank you so much for your time today. John Lamb in with me. And, boy, a big recruiting weekend, a lot of buzz happening in Iowa City. And I guess the biggest question going into the weekend, this is their big uh, kind of city fest that they have. People were concerned about the weather. Did the recruits at least get some good Iowa City weather here over the weekend? Yeah, it was pretty nice overall. I mean, Friday night downtown was was a buzz as well, and and it was a little humid. But Saturday was it got to be pretty much perfect. I mean, other than overnight Friday and early morning Saturday, you know. So yeah, they got some great Iowa City weather, but it's not like the old days of recruiting where they would uh, have those uh, December and January cold uh, winter uh, weekends. So. Uh, all was well in Iowa City this weekend. They pick up a commitment from a four-star offensive lineman. Not the offensive lineman people maybe were hoping for going into the weekend, but Trevor Locke, he makes his commitment to Iowa. Some big-time offers from him as uh, the recruiting pipeline continues. This one from Indianapolis. Uh, what can you tell us on the recruiting front? I know that's not you don't work for a scout or a rivals or a place like that 24-7 where recruiting is a big part, but when you do a recruiting story or you write a piece about that, how much buzz does it get for you at The Athletic? Quite a bit. I mean, recruiting has been a very important part of our coverage, and we do it in a little bit different way. I don't know that anybody could do better than Blair Sanderson does uh, oh, at Rivals. I think he's the, the best uh, that I, I've dealt with, you know, even around the country. Uh, but, you know, we have Ari Wasserman, our national recruiting reporter, and we just shifted uh, Grace Rayner from Clemson coverage to recruiting coverage, and, and that has been deemed a priority for us, and it does generate a lot of of attention because it's not really dissimilar from what you get from the NFL draft, which is a player acquisition. So when, when a player get commits and certainly in this era of NIL and it's, uh, it, it's generated as much interest and eyeballs and attention as, as most other topics. It might be at or near the top of the list. Locke had offers from Purdue, Indiana in state. Okay. That makes a whole lot of sense. Boston college, Cincinnati, Kansas, but the big ones, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. When you pick up an offensive lineman with those kind of offers and not an in-state kid, I think that says a whole lot here and certainly important. That offensive line, they need some pieces going forward here. Hasn't been up to, I guess, the standards that we anticipate with Iowa football here recently along the offensive line. No, you're right, Trent, and and it does need to improve there, and I think they're making a really good push uh, with this class. I think in the one, the, the 2020 class, I think was or 21. I'm getting them all confused because they blend together. <laughs> yeah. uh, the ones that will be in their second season this year, whether they're redshirt freshmen or or true sophomores like Connor Colby, that class and the one that, that they're recruiting right now for the 23 class, it's full of a lot of a potential at that position group. And I think they're they're probably higher level recruits than Iowa has has gotten from there. I mean, I think over the years, over the last five to six years, that. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a letdown overall. I mean, other than a couple of kids who have shined, there have been there have been some kids who really haven't panned out the way they wanted to. They've had to take some from the defensive line, and that's paid off. But I think you want to get kids who that's their position and, and have them excel and grow. And and the, the ones who visited this weekend, the ones who have committed, 
I think, you know, have those kinds of capabilities. And, and I think the ones who are going into their second year certainly do. I wouldn't be surprised to see, obviously, Connor Colby will start. But you see uh, a few others, uh, David David Koff, Bo Stevens, Mike Myslinski, Jenner's Dunker. I think they've got a real opportunity to, at minimum, hit the depth chart this year. All right, Doc, uh, with that, let's uh, kind of change the course, and that is Caden Proctor. Last week, Tyler Kluver from the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast, he said that Iowa feels like they are in a good place with the NIL opportunities, with uh, the money that Alabama was offering, maybe a car, those kind of things that were out there. What are you hearing about Caden Proctor and how close he is to maybe making a commitment? Down to two finalists, Iowa and Alabama. What can you tell us on Proctor? From what I know, and, you know, I've interviewed Caden a couple of times and, and uh, you know, followed this obviously very closely like everyone else has, and that Iowa is in a good place. And I think, you know, going into the summer, I won't say that there, you know, there wasn't a, a fear necessarily, but when he announced that he was going to take five visits and Iowa wasn't one of them, you always worry about that. Well, they're going to, he's going to get, um, really attached to some of the bling that some of the schools have. But, but then, uh, you know, a week plus ago when he decided, Hey, it's, it's just Alabama and Iowa. I'm going to take my official to Iowa. Uh, it sounds like, you know, the Hawkeyes are in a really good spot. You know, that said, you just, uh, you, you cross your fingers if you're an Iowa fan and hope for the best and hope that that pans out. And, and, uh, you know, if nothing else, there is a strong relationship between the program and Caden Proctor. It's been in place for years and his family's from here. So I, I would anticipate there to be, um, you know, from what I, I'm aware of, that, you know, that this this looks promising for Iowa. But that said, until he sends out that Twitter profile with a, you know, with a makeup that shows him in an Iowa uniform and he's committed and then ultimately signs, you cannot be 100% sure. No, you're right. And I, I hope he goes here. I, I truly, truly do. I think it's uh... – it's a big time deal. I've also heard he's he's in the NIL capacity for like seven figures in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take a car, but I mean, if you want to give me the cash too, let's it's go. Bad, right? yeah. He played basketball for me when he was a freshman, and he he moved better than any big dude I've ever seen in my life. You know, and I had T.J. Hawkinson. I had. Um, some other big football players, but at the end of the day, I mean, I had Eli last year, but his feet, and you know, he lacked some of the skill stuff, right? The the jump stop, you know, just he didn't play ball, mm-hmm. right? But the way that he moved, I, I could tell right away. I was like, oh my gosh, this dude is going to either be the coolest WWE wrestler <laughs> ever, or he's going to get paid out the wazoo to play professional football. <laughs> I just think he'd be just he'd flourish with the Hawks. I, I really do. I, I mean, that Alabama stuff is for the birds in my eyes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, of the two of the programs, uh, you know, Alabama over the last twenty years has the most offensive linemen drafted in the first round with ten, but Iowa ranks second with six, and there are other ones like Notre Dame and Wisconsin, and they're right behind at five. And uh, so Iowa does fit him, you know, because as you said, he can move. He can move laterally. Uh, which is really, which bodes well for Iowa's offense as his own scheme. So it requires run and hit, not necessarily wall off and, and pound, um, like a Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah, it's 6'8, 335 pounds. Once he gets into, if it's at Iowa, once he gets into the weight training program and kind of rounds out his, his figure or whatever. Yeah. In two years, he's a bigger, 
stronger, probably more physical version of Tristan Wirfs. And, and Tristan was an, an incredible athlete, and I'm not suggesting Caden is quite there yet, but I do think that he's got that potential, and which is, uh, you know, it's got to be exciting for him and, and for the Iowa family if that's what he goes to. So uh, one more on the football front for you, Doc, and that is the article you put up today at The Athletic talking about Sam Laporta, a guy that certainly could have made the jump to the NFL, would have been drafted somewhere, but his decision to come back for one more season at tight end you. Take us in a little bit, the decision to Laporta and just how important he is to unlocking this Iowa offense, certainly taking a step forward in 2022. In the passing game, he's the most important figure this year because he had, uh, you know, statistically a very fine year last year, one of the best an Iowa tight end has ever had. I mean, his 53 catches were the most by an Iowa tight end uh, since 1991 uh, in a season. So that shows you what he's capable of doing, and I think he's a better player today than he probably was last season. So he needs to be as good or better this year for Iowa's offense to grow in the passing attack. And, uh, you know, he had those opportunities to leave. And, and this is, this is the interesting juggling act that a lot of uh, players have when they get to that level of should they stay or go. And in his case, you know, small town athlete, you know, he played as a true freshman. So he had just, um, you know, he still just turned 21. He has a lot of uh, growing up to do as a as a person, and he really enjoys the college lifestyle. And that's something you can't put a price tag on. I mean, being able to hang out with your buddies, live in a house, go to the bars, or or just you know be a student. That's something that's really important. And he is a good student. He's a you know been a National Honor Society guy, and so all of those things factored in. And you know, unlike T.J. Hawkinson, who really wanted to stay at Iowa but just couldn't pass up the opportunity. Sam Laporta would not have been a, the number eight pick overall. So he decided that to come back for one more year and do all those things. And I mean, I dare say right now his profile is probably going to end up being third among tight ends today uh, behind Brock Bowers um, for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. in Georgia and Michael Meyer at, at Notre Dame. But, you know, I mean, he has another year like that one and everybody knows who he is. He can really vault up and possibly win the Mac. He'd be an all American, uh, you know, set the, the school record for most catches by a tight end and and then vault himself into that conversation for a potential first-round draft pick. So he's got a lot riding on this season, and I think he made the right choice. Spencer Petras, he's hanging out at the Manning Passing Academy. Saw some clips of him. Good to see him certainly there and to get that opportunity. Still the question remains, what kind of step forward? Is there a step forward in front of him for Spencer Petras? What was your takeaway just seeing him out there? And can't be a bad thing, right, rubbing shoulders with the Mannings and everybody else at that camp? No, it's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for the program, but particularly for Spencer. You know, to have that positive reinforcement, and there was some of that down there with, with Peyton and Eli Manning watching him work out, watching him throw, and, and uh, to say he did a good job, I mean, that's something he doesn't hear a whole lot from at least Iowa fans. I think that's really an important step. But it's all really going to come down to how does he perform in, in key situations. Iowa is going to. Iowa has a really good team. They have a really good defense. I expect them to be a better running team than they were last year. But it's going to be all about whether they go eight and four or head back to Indianapolis. It's going to be really about what the quarterback does in some of those games. Wisconsin at home, Michigan at home. And it's going to be important what he does in third-down situations. And can he get the ball to a, to a receiver's hands where he can do something with it, or is it going to be off-target, which it so often did. So I think going to the Manning Academy, 
you know, probably helps him from a confidence standpoint. But also if he relays that and some of the workouts he's had with Tony Rassiope, um, you know, in his case, maybe he'll end up, uh, uh, you know, be making those third down plays where he hasn't in the past. Doc, one final thing on the basketball front. Keegan goes number four to Sacramento. John and I talked about that a lot uh, at the top of the program here today. Just your takeaway, having the highest ever draft pick, and Fran McCaffrey is 13th year in the program. They are locked in now and, and look to be a tournament team again next season. But having a guy like that, what do you think that does for the program? And still, of course, there is that one big bugaboo out there not getting to the second weekend, but Iowa basketball as a whole, and and something like that, Keegan going number four. You know, I think for the program itself, it's in a healthy spot, and that's something that, you know, there are markers where you feel like they could go either direction. I think one was about five years ago when they had a, a really bad year, and where are they going to go? Well, they ended up going to the tournament the next year. Last year, they lose Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp, C.J. Frederick, uh, you know, where is this program headed that, and then it ended up going to the tournament and won the Big Ten tournament, which was a bugaboo itself. Uh, you know, even getting to Sunday and, um, yeah, flamed out in the first round. And that's something that you, you've got to consider, but it at least showed that it had the potential to get where it needs to go. And, and Keegan Murray, it, it shows a couple of different things. One is, uh, that Fran has a good eye for talent. It also shows that he can develop that talent once it gets here. And, uh, and if you come to Iowa, you, you have the potential to be a lottery pick because, because everybody remembers Keegan Murray at, at Cedar Rapids Prairie mm-hmm. had one offer and that was Western Illinois, my mighty leathernecks. And, um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, good on them for having that eye, but, but he bet on himself. Uh, so did Chris, they went to that, uh, DME in, in Florida and, um, and in two years, Keegan Murray became one of the best players in college basketball and, and, a, and, a guy who's potential to make $35 million over four years. So, you know, I, I think it shows a lot for this program and, and where it could go forward. It shows that Fran is able to sustain success in, in multiple ways with different people and different types of playing styles. Um, but, yeah, there there's another line to cross, and uh, I think that's that's an important one that they've got to get past one of these years. But but in, the, in totality, you know, this is a really healthy program that, that develops – quality and, and in, in many cases upper level basketball players good stuff <laughs> doc absolutely uh, great about the basketball program football flying and we'll wait and see uh, what kind of news we get on that front doc we'll talk to you and it'll be july how about that we'll talk to you next week after the fourth and ah uh, yes football wow. will be in the air getting closer and closer thanks as always doc all right have a good one guys thank you thanks Scott. doc doctorman from the athletic joining us here mentioned we're going to talk about the big four We'll kick things off with I when we come back from the break. What do the Hawkeyes look like? NCAA tournament team, John Lamb's going to break it down for us when we come back rolling through. On a Monday, it's Miller and Condon, 106.3. Meadows. Call them slow-mo, right? Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. No Ken today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. I got John Lamb. We're talking a little of everything today. You should totally go get Ken. No, no, no. He's he's going through a colonoscopy. I don't think he wants to be hanging out here in the studio. I'll carry the top half uh-huh. if you carry the bottom half. No, that sounds terrible. That sounds absolutely brutal. No, no. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. You can go up to Ankeny afterwards. You can check in on him. How about that? 
Isn't he getting a check in? Well, he'll be. I'm sure he's getting out here pretty quick. I think it was 10:30 is when it was. So it's going to be. Oil be good. We'll be. How all long right. do those take? I have no idea. I, I I think it's amazing, right? I I've my mom. She's an OBGYN, uh-huh. and she's she said to me one time, you know, our gut health is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. And she also said that if men live long enough, they will eventually die of pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. or colon cancer in some regard. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I know that it's a little bit taboo, but I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm hoping he's okay. And, uh, I know, I know one really, really good doctor, Dr. Rice out in West Des Moines. He's a rock star. He does this type of work. Um, I hope, uh, I hope everything is all good. Yep. Just uh, the yearly checkup. And that was part of the maintenance as get into your sixties. And I'm right around the corner from that. And, Gonna be doing it. Hey, I, something you got to do, right? As a guy, I thought that that's what checking your oil was in no, wrestling. No, that's just different, different. Are you sure? I I know you don't know the wrestling space well. <laughs> no, no that's, we need Cody Goodwin in yes, here. Yes, Cody will help us out. Well, you're here for basketball, so I want to talk about the uh, the Big Four here in the state. Yep. Talking with Scott Dockerman there, Iowa. Chris Murray comes back. You got some new faces there. I'm just gonna keep it very simple. Do you see this roster being an NCAA tournament roster? This is the hardest thing. Okay. Am I am I comparing them to what I think the big 10 is going to be or what they have now that's on paper? I would say yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, you kind of got to put play both sides of it here. You got Oh, that's what you do. I'm going to just give you the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what you're here for. <laughs> So point guard. Yes, is they, they're Ulis, good enough. Is it Ulis to start? Is, is it Bowen? You've told us before well, you're not in love with Desante Bowen. I'm not. I'm not in love with a lot of point guards, but I'm in love with point guards in Fran's system because mm-hmm. how how much are they relied on to score the basketball? They're not, and that I believe is a potential reason why they have not made it to that you know the infamous second day that you keep talking about since I've ever met you. Mm-hmm. Um, Get to the second weekend. Right, but the way that Fran does his offense, it's not necessarily you know, a commodity to, to have a guard that can score. Right. And I think that the way that he pushes the ball, um, I think that their length is unbelievable. Um, I think the development that you know he's going to do from all 13 scholarship players. I mean, even the walk-ons get better. Yeah. When the walk-ons are signed the to Citadel. Was it Nimmers? Oh, yeah, he's going to be just fine. He Is Is he mo- going to ultimately play, you think? No. No. Gosh dang it, I hate being he's, the butthead. He, no, but he's, I mean, an incredible athlete. Yeah. He's got some basketball skills, though, he still needs to work on. Is that fair? I think that is the 24-7 Trent in you. Uh-huh. You did a great job there. Nailed it. I could be a scout is what you're saying. Well, I think a Hawkeye, Hawkeye Insider got that market cornered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Let's jump over to Iowa State here. Uh, I asked the question. So my pick, we're figuring out who's going to be the leading scorer of this team. After A.J. Green makes the decision, you told me before the draft he was going to Milwaukee, and where does he end up? Boom, Milwaukee. three days early. You had that one too. I said Jaron Holmes, the uh, the transfer from St. Bonaventure. He's going to be the leading scorer here. Am I all wet? Who would you pick? Who would be your favorite to lead Iowa State in scoring here in 2022-23? Holmes or Williams. Or Williams. Okay. So the Williams kid, I don't know nearly as much about. He's from Chicago, went to Temple. 
guy that scored pretty well, just not a great shooter early on. Is that a fair characterization? I think it's fair early in his career. Um, but, you know, I know everyone rags and tags on this transfer portal deal, but, you know, the truth is he's grown every year. He's gotten better. He went to a very, very pre- prestigious academic institution. He's obviously a quality young man. Um, he's not going to be, you know, messing around. He He's going to get better. And that's what's cool about the Sukup Center. You know, that's what I loved about it. You type the key code in and you can be in there. You can get some shots up. You can be in there. You can work with your manager, you know, your tag team manager buddy. They're on call 24-7. I, I'm excited to see who is going to score offense for the Cyclones. Drake returns basically everybody again. Oh, and they lucked out. Yeah. They lucked out with a few guys. I, I'm super excited about that team. Uh, I'm excited to see DeVries, you know, step into this, we'll call it just the business year, right? Mm-hmm. Businesses fail the first three and see if they make it the third. And I think he's just building an incredible program here in our city, the hometown team, baby. Roman Penn, Garrett Sturtz. The tall seven eleven kid from New Jersey. Was it Brody Dar- Brody something? Darnell Brody. Yeah, Darnell Brody. They're going to be fantastic. The culture they have, I, I cannot wait for the Bulldog basketball. Good stuff. We got an hour in the book. Still one more to go. We kick it off with some baseball talk. Talking Cyclones as well with Nick Oson. All coming here in hour number two. Plus my picks of the day. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Coming up next here. It's Miller